welcome back to the Being Forces Friendly Podcast, a monthly podcast where we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Okay, so welcome to this edition of the Being Forces Friendly Podcast. I'm Nat Haynes. I'm the Assistant Director for Relationship Management at DRM, and I'm responsible for the account management um, procedures and policies at DRM. And this episode, um, we're going to look at our account management teams. And I am delighted that I've got along with me today two of my colleagues from both the national and regional teams. So I'm going to pass on to them, first of all, to introduce themselves. Yeah, hi everyone, my name's Tony Matthews. I'm a National Account Manager in Defence Relationship Management. And my role is to look after the defence, aerospace, automotive and manufacturing sector, around about 40 um, companies. Over to Jan. Hello everyone, my name is Jan Cox. I'm a Regional Employer Engagement Director in the Northwest. And there are two directors up here. I cover Merseyside, Cheshire and the Isle of Man, and my colleague Chris Ashworth covers Greater Manchester, Lancashire and Cumbria. Thanks both of you. Okay, so as I said, we're going to look at um, the, the role of the account managers, the national account managers, the regional engagement, regional employer engagement directors and look at those roles and how they differ from each other, but also what what their responsibilities are and, and, and how that works. So, Tony, if we start with you, could you give us a run through of your role and what you're responsible for and how that works? Yeah, of course, Nat. So my role is to look after the companies in a specific sector. And the way we work at DRM in the centre is we've got seven account managers, all with a specific portfolio whether that be transport or infrastructure or construction or retail so i look after defense aerospace automotive manufacturing and some engineering and consultancy companies so it's a very specific uh, and, and i guess the difference between me and and my colleagues and my colleagues in the regions is that we've got to be subject matter experts on a particular sector they tend to be companies that are much larger that, that recruit more people and they have a multi-site presence um, so it becomes a little bit more challenging to make sure you're aware of all the trends that are happening within the sector, making sure that you're aware of what's happening in the news. Uh, as you can, as you've heard recently, a lot of defence and aerospace companies have been making redundancies and changes. And we've got to be aware of that and be aware of the sensitivities when we're talking to these companies, uh, trying to get them to develop and recruit people when they're in a period of change. So my role is to make sure that I'm aware of where they are. Uh, aware of what's happening with their of armed forces covenant activities and making sure that I'm helping them up the employee recognition scheme ladder. Right. Thanks Tony that's great and Jan uh, equally a, a bit of a run through in terms of the regional employee engagement director post and maybe um, the differences between those that Tony's just explained and and the regional basis of that and maybe how that local knowledge might play into your post a bit more. Okay, thanks Nat. Uh, well, my role is to engage with employers across the region and to encourage them to support the armed forces. Um, the slight difference is with the regional role is just in the northwest there are over 38,000 employers or businesses. So the sector 
range is huge. Um, but there's no business too small and there's no business too large for us to approach. But we're always mindful of our national account managers' accounts if they also sit in our region. So the sort of businesses we cover are government businesses such as councils, police, fire, uh, national health service, etc. And then we have um, engineering companies, energy companies, transport, logistics, the whole gambit, so it can go anywhere. So we need to have maybe a small amount of, no amount of knowledge about each business before we arrive and speak to them. And then we gather more information as we, our relationship grows. And also keeping in mind local issues that may impact that business and inform their decisions is really important to be aware of too. Great, thanks for that, Jan. And um, I suppose on as a regional employer engagement director, so you have responsibility for a, a geographical patch, as you've mentioned. And I suppose on that patch as well, you're going to have military units. Is there much engagement with those in that respect? Yes, that there is actually. I'm very fortunate in my particular area. I have all tri-service units, so that's Royal Naval Reserve, Royal Marine Reserve, the Air Force, and several arm units, and Chris tends to have several arm units on, on his patch too. So we interact really well with those units in terms of they um, potentially introduce us to businesses that they may have met on their travels. We link them up with businesses perhaps who operate in a similar sector to our units. So perhaps Royal Logistics Corps, we may be introduced to local logistics organisations. Um, engineering firms with the engineering units and the maritime businesses with our maritime units and so we, we try to find a link where they can engage and businesses feel more engaged and part of that military community in the northwest. Perfect thank you and and I guess a question to both of you now really um so I know um, so both of you have um, have experience and background in the military as well. So how does that play into the role that you have at DRM? Um, Tony, first. I think having an understanding of, of a military background, obviously I've done time in the Royal Navy Reserve. I'm still serving, as has Jan, I know. So we understand what it's like to be a reservist. So when we're talking to companies about their reservists, we come with a knowledge behind us and we're able to answer the questions because we've both been through that ourselves. So, but that goes across all the tri-services. So whichever company I'm talking to, when they're talking about mobilization or employer notification, we can help them understand what it's actually like and what the reality is. And we're linked into the military department, so we can help with that as well. So I find it really useful and it gives you a bit of credibility as well. I don't know what you think, Jan. Yeah, I, I'd actually echo everything you said there, Tony. I find, in addition to that, because I'm from this area, I've worked in several industries and several sectors as a civilian during my time as a reservist in the Royal Naval Reserve. Um, I spent 38, nearly 39 years as a reservist. The last 11 years, I served full-time for the Royal Navy, and I'm now a veteran. So collectively, I've got a great lived experience that helps me to be able to relate to all stakeholders that I meet and to see things from their perspective and I find that really useful. Yeah and do you feel that 
enables you to to support your employers a bit more in terms of whatever issues they might have pop up that you can explain from that side of things yes yes i i find with our employers i'm working with the units the units take the lead with their employers in in the regions because that's really important because they're reservists work for them but should there be any matters that arise um, the units may run them past me or the employers direct and we resolve them together and I may see things outside the box that people haven't spotted and I share that with the units and the employers in the terms of a bit of a coaching and mentoring but it allows them units to form even stronger relationships with the businesses and their reservists. Great okay thank you. So I guess then my question is if an employer um, approaches you or you, you have a new account that you're taking on board, what's the, the process that you would go through? How, how are you able to support those employers? Um, maybe starting with Tony. Um, I guess really you've got to do quite a lot of background. When I'm taking over a new account as a national account, there tend to be quite a lot of complexities. So I'll look at our CRM system. I'll liaise with the local reserve forces and cadets association. Perhaps they've been looked after by a regional engagement employment director before. If, if they're brand new, which is unusual, uh, then it's a similar process. But do a lot of background research to try and understand what's happening within that company, the size of them, what their challenges are, perhaps how many reservists uh, and veterans they might have. Uh, really, and just trying to make sure I link up, uh, not just with one contact at the company, but across the company as well, to try and get an understanding. Most of them will have an armed forces network within them, which is really useful. So we've got some internal champions and advocates to reach out to. Perfect. And Jan, would you say that's a similar process for yourself? Very much the same. I, I think perhaps Tony has even more depth because of that level of knowledge that he has to have and we have a broader base. But I try to find out as much about the organisation and maybe the links that we already have because I find it rather a small world out there. And in the midst of having a conversation with an employer, we have common ground, they know other businesses that I deal with or maybe chambers or different organisations that they belong to. Um, and they have reservists and lots of veterans, which we're not often aware of until we approach a business. And from that, that helps forge a real good understanding of who they are and what their aspirations are. And I find that really useful. Finding those links um, helps open the door and build the bridges between us. Now, also, I think what's really important is making sure that I'm aligned with particular trade bodies. So whether that, yeah. be, whether that be ADS in aerospace, SMMT in motor manufacturing. So, and they're really knowledgeable and can be really helpful in helping me get contacts and reach out and also reach their client base and their membership base as well. So they almost become false multipliers for us, as well as being covenant signees and ERS award winners in their own right. The trade bodies are becoming more and more important and us understanding that as national account managers is critical. Yeah, and I suppose as a national account manager, dealing with trade bodies, as you've said, the membership of those trade bodies are not yeah. just going to be national accounts, but they're going to filter into regional accounts as well. So it's that kind of cross-cutting across both portfolios. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I went to sign, uh, I'm looking to sign one for a large trade body, or I won't name a national trade body. They wanted to do, sign the covenant themselves, but they said that while well, we've got the opportunity, can we get one of our regional companies to do a signing on the same day in the same, the same situation? So exactly what you were saying, really. It is a national, and that's part of my role, I guess. It's a national role because my accounts might have outstations anywhere and the trade bodies can help me link in and understand those challenges as well. Perfect. So you mentioned the Armed Forces Covenant, which is a nice um, bridge to go into my next piece. So Armed Forces Covenant is one of the, the tools or products, if you like, that we use to engage with accounts in order to get more supportive policies for our Armed Forces communities. Could you give Give me a, a quick run through in terms of what that means for an organisation and and how you would approach um, the kind of run up the, the organisation and the planning for that. What what does that look like? Can I go first? Okay, yeah. right. I, I mean, I guess for me, I, in most of the large companies that I go to, I'm kind of pushing at an open door already because a lot of them have corporate social responsibility. Um, pledges in on their websites and they're really on side anyway and they understand the value of recruiting somebody from the military family whether that be a, a service leaver a veteran reservist cadet force adult volunteers wounded in sick or service partners and spouses so um the covenant to them they actually understand it when we go and see them. a lot of companies have mission statements and core values and coming from the military both jan and i understand all about core values and i think the core value to a lot of these companies is contained within the armed forces covenant and i think it kind of it helps companies signpost to potential employees the value of, of signing on a um, somebody from the military family what, what do you think jan is that like you really no i would absolutely agree um i think that often more often than not the door is open to us mm -hmm. um, it may be in the regions and um, some of the smaller businesses may have heard about it but don't know too much so we will go through the, pre uh, the process and talk about the pledges and what they need to do to, to show their commitment to the armed forces community and how they can do that by signing the armed forces covenant and if they are employers how they can then move onto the employer recognition scheme but i find most people really receptive if they don't employ somebody from the armed forces they often know someone or they were a cadet and what i find quite interesting is that we've got quite a lot of great entrepreneurs out there who were, re were cadets in, in their childhood but never joined the armed forces. And what they tell me is that it gave them a great foundation in life and shape, gave them the values and the tools to use to grow. And they actually hold that up right there as part of their success in business. And they often want to give back by having reservists, recruiting veterans, and maybe offering jobs to cadets and uh, apprenticeships. So, it's also, it's a holistic thing. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to be, I find. It's a very positive message when yeah. we go out. And then that also, what's really interesting with the larger accounts on the national side as well, they, they can become advocates for us as well and um, help us reach out into their supply chain. So once again, yeah. it's another false multiplier for us. They're sending the message and selling the story for us because they've reaped the benefit, benefits of the positivity of signing someone from the military or the fat community. So do you find then, Tony, that you have a number of accounts that act maybe as mentors to other organisations that are trying to kind of grow and, and, and climb through that process? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I've done insight briefings with companies like Atkins, Mission Motorsport are very good at this, BMT, a company down in, in the southwest, they hold um, local covenant meetings and forums, want to invite companies to come along. So companies like this are very positive and proactive and they can half do the job for us because they understand the benefits that companies can get and it will add, it will add value to them. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. And in addition to that, the government organisations and the NHS working with our unit, our universities reaching out to other organisations to encourage them to sign up, as we're finding a lot of that at the moment. And so it, it's working through government and through the industry sector. So everybody's doing their best. Mm -hmm. And it also then gives them the advocacy they need to move forward into the employer recognition scheme. Definitely. Okay, so talking of the employer recognition scheme, thank you for that. Um, so so the, ne the next process then, once a company has signed the Armed Forces Covenant, they're then eligible to go onto the, the employer recognition scheme or ERS scheme as we call it, um, which has three levels, bronze, then silver, then gold. Jan, do you want to talk through with me in terms of what that means to an organization and what um, what the motivation for companies to go on and do that process is? I think they genuinely want to support the armed forces community in the first instance and take the positive actions required to ensure reservists are, are treated well in their business and their HR policies allow reservists to train and to be mobilised should that occur. Um, and what we're finding with um, our, our people take on the bronze side of things quite easily, their employer, that's quite straightforward, but moving through to silver and gold, the commitment increases and the support required from the business increases. But we're almost finding now that businesses who are signing and going forward for silver are already displaying the gold standards required and the requirements to go to the top because they think, why not change our HR policies now um, and make them gold standard from the outset? So that's really lovely. And it is great to see the support, not just for reserves, but for the CFAVs as well, and um, that they are allowed time off to uh, support and train our young people of today. So do you feel that um, if you've got a company that's going for a silver award at any given time, they've often already got sites of gold in their mind, which is why they're setting their policies at that level to start with. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're often doing all the right things already, but they just haven't got enough evidence of all the great activity, yeah. or they haven't been capturing the evidence of all yeah. the great networking events where they're encouraging other businesses to join in. Um, it just takes a little bit of time to gather that along the way. That's fantastic. And I think it's important that when you're talking about the ERS is that a lot of companies take great pride in, in achievement as well. And, and, and there is a lot of competition there. They want to be seen by the community, by the business community, but internally and externally, they're, they're reaching as far as they can be. And they really push themselves to try and, and do a lot more. And, um, and it's another advocacy point, really. Some of my companies will hold seminars. If Some of my gold companies, the larger defence ones, will hold day seminars for people who are at the bronze level or who haven't yet signed the covenant to say, look, this is our journey to gold. This is how we got here. This is what we did these are the kind of activities that we can we can advise you to sort of have a look at and we get speakers to come along so we 
I find the larger companies are advocates in ERS as well as the Covenant as well. I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? I know I've certainly seen that organisations that ordinarily would be each other's biggest competitors are quite happy to talk to each other and mentor each other and coach each other along on a, a military engagement point of view because they all see that it's really good for the sector, not just for their own business. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's good for the country as well. And I think a lot of them want, want the country to succeed. They want the economy to succeed and, and their businesses to do so as well. And once again, it's that corporate social responsibility, I think, as well. Sorry, Jan, when you're going to... Sorry, I was, thought, I was just going to add as well. Um, we know that when people are, well, we've got our reservists, they have civilian jobs. And also when people leave, leave the armed forces, not just um, the serving member, but their families, and these businesses are really keen to employ our people. So they want to show that they are armed forces friendly and to attract the best that the country has to offer. So that's really important to them as well. So that's an extra bonus of being in this uh, defence family, so to speak. Fantastic. So, so we talked about companies that have the ambition and drive to go through the employer recognition scheme. What is it that by working with an account manager, be that a REED or a national account manager, how are you able to support businesses to do that? What can you do? Uh, maybe Jan to start with. Okay, so for me, with, with both of these aspects, um, we're there to offer help and guidance to explain how the two schemes work, how to apply, what good looks like, mm -hmm. offer some top tips, uh, we also offer workshops. We did them face-to-face -face earlier this year, but we're probably going to do them digitally going forward because it works and it's always available to folks. And we introduce them to other people who are also in the scheme at bronze, silver and gold level and encourage them to support and network with each other and mentor each other. And wherever possible, we will organise events and maybe group signings such as um, we, had, we were blessed to have a group signing on the HMS Prince of Wales uh, earlier this year for 12 Bronze Award holders in Liverpool when the ship came to the city, supported by our friends from the Royal Navy and everybody around. That was so, and what a life experience. Mm. And what a great way to spread the word to people. And they came from all sectors, um, in go including government and industry, to that event. And that does it for us. You get those sorts of pictures out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, off it goes. And then business just comes through and people want to join us. Fantastic. Tony, what would you say to that? How, how do you support your organisations that are wanting to go further? I think like Jan said, it's sitting down with them. It's looking at um, what they can achieve, what, what are the realities of what they can achieve, helping them understand the benefits that are on offer as well. So we've got a menu of benefits in defence relationship management. The further you go up the scale from bronze to silver and gold, you can get different rewards so that companies can get discounts for hiring locations. Um, we can invite them to the Sandhurst Leadership Challenge to see how the Army and the Army Reserve work, skills under pressure courses. So we can give things back to companies as well and I think you know as I said the higher up the chain you go the, the better rewards you get so that helps companies understand that there's a reward for them in it as well under the what's in it for me sector but I think it's really important that we, we understand what the um, 
what the gaps are really you know what, what what are they doing on their covenant where can we help them fill those gaps whether that be linking up with the career transition partnership forces families jobs all these kind of things that become essential if you want to get the, the gold standard fantastic yeah and those rewards are really important aren't they in terms of it's not only what the business gets out of the, the process in seeing the um think the importance of the business and how it makes business sense but also what what the military is able to give back in terms of those access to events that you've mentioned that ordinarily people wouldn't get access to that's really important isn't it yeah i spent the day with the well day and a half with the wessex yeomanry and these are reservists driving massive tanks across Salisbury Plain, quite something it was. And we took some com company employees along to watch them assaulting a village and blowing all these stuff up. It was amazing. And, and the companies were really bought on side with how well trained these reservists were. Uh, so when we can do things like that, I think it's really impressive for companies who may have no connection with the military or understanding of how people process their jobs. So it was really good. And what, sorry, Jan. No, I was just going to add, um, exactly as Tony, you know, we get opportunities to go and see live fire exercises, mm. but also some of our local units will offer leadership training to a business on request. And that can be to help with resilience in business through challenging times. And we will put something together with a business out there. And that really helps bring everybody together and show that we're, we are really, this, we are in business together here. And this is, two-way relationship with all the organizations we work with fantastic um and i wonder are there any examples of maybe what the benefits have been or things that you've seen and identified from a company that you've started dealing with before they signed their armed forces covenant and you've seen them kind of grow their their program you've seen them develop they've signed they've gone through bronze make gone through to silver and maybe gold and how you've seen that progress is there anything that you've maybe observed that way well i've got my mission motorsport uh, that we speak about quite often uh, are a prime example they were a very small organization the forces automotive charity uh, and they place wounded engine sick and veterans and reserves into the automotive industry only recently signed the covenant last year, already badgering me to say, what more can we do? Can we get involved in other programs? And um, companies like that are very proactive. And it's interesting, when I find companies that are run by veterans, they tend to be really more proactive and positive. Not all of them, but they generally tend to be. And I find that they're pushing me to stuff, say, right, we want to do this. And um, we want to hold an insight breakfast to show people what, what the benefits are of joining our company and getting into employment from the military. Jan, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very, very similar. And uh, we have, our councils do great work, yeah. uh, reaching out to the veterans organizations, reaching out to the police. So we have a lot, what I find for me is how they all start to work together. And mm -hmm. because I know the group and the people around me, I can introduce them and that sort of, you know, we, we have some great work going on in the Northwest and everywhere in the country where maybe veterans have struggled a little bit. Not all, just a small number may have found themselves um, in prison. And what happens when they come out? Well, the police have got a great uh, process now and a really great um, strategy in place, but they work with various veterans organizations to support 
support them, and then employers take them in and give them employment opportunities. And those um, employers are at all different levels, from armed forces government holders all the way through bronze, silver, and gold at different levels in terms of support. So, and that works everywhere. I find it really fascinating. I really do. Yeah, I do, Jan, as well. I mean, GE Aviation down in Cheltenham, they ran a, um, a mental health seminar for, for a day, which was really good. They ran it themselves, invited me along. Uh, they had ex-military speakers along. They had people from the national health side along, people from combat stress, just talking about how they can help veterans and the ex-military community and their workplace with mental health issues. Now, they were a silver account holder at that time. They became gold. Uh, but you know, that's an example of companies wanting to do something, running with it and inviting me along to say, look, this is what we're doing. Isn't it good? How can you help us? And that's really good. That's what I like to see. And I think it's really encouraging and heartwarming when you see strategies and things like that happening. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. And uh, we've touched on it a little bit there, but um, once some of the companies that have got goals, they, they've got their goals award and they've got the... Um, the recognition that they were striving for, what then keeps organisations kind of driven to keep doing more? How do we keep them interested and in, and what is it that drives them to keep pushing on after that point? Maybe Tony first. Yeah, I think it's important that we keep, we keep in contact with them. We have the Gold Alumni Association, so mm-hmm. that's for anyone who's reached gold. And that's, they run themselves. We, we kind of can help out, but that's an organisation run by people who have achieved gold and defence points of contact and share best practice and push back to us and say, look, this is what we expect from DRM and from the defence community and the RFMCs as well. Uh, so I think that's really important. I mm-hmm. think making sure that, as I said earlier on, for me, it is a national account manager is spreading wider into the organization. So uh, some, a company might have 12 different sites around the country. It's making sure that we go out to all those sites, visiting the defense points of contact, um, particularly when something like Armed Forces Day and Reserves Day and all those things are going on, to make sure they're all aware of it. Um, a lot of them, as I said, already bought into it. But I think once you've achieved gold as well, it's making sure that we don't just sit back and let them carry on we, we monitor what they're doing as well help them with more programs companies are always recruiting we hope so i think it's important just to keep the contact going and make sure we've got a long-term strategy of contact excellent jan would you say the same i, I would absolutely and i think it's um making sure when, when they work together in the gold alumni associations they support each other they share best practice, but we also use them as coaches and mentors for our bronzes, silvers as well. And um, so if there's an event, we will invite a gold award winner or maybe we're celebrating the silver awards. We'll make sure there's a gold award winner at every table for the dinner so that they can help people consider moving to the next step. Um, and also what I think is really important, and Tony pitched on this, um, was that it's their truth to power because they will see the defense from a business perspective, um, how mobilizations have gone, their, their view on defense. And I think that's really priceless that we feed that back then in through DRM, through to the MOD. So that may influence policies of the future to make things better for everybody. Now, now I know you're aware of lots of our gold um, companies, they, t- they speak at our Partnering with Defence conference. Yeah. We use a lot of them on forums as well. And we've got a couple of forums going on at the moment where we've got some defence and other companies involved. So it's almost developing a consultancy partnership with them as well. Fantastic. Okay. 
so I guess with all that in mind and to kind of round things up, if there's an organisation listening to this who have um, maybe thought about um, what the benefits to engaging with your friends might be or they're starting to think about um, how they might be able to tap into that pool of talent, for example, uh, what would your advice be to those companies? What, what would your kind of call to action be to them, Jan? I would say we're here, we're waiting to help you and support you. Uh, we are spread across the United Kingdom. Obviously, we've got our national account managers like Tony who can help with the larger accounts. Um, and in the regional basis, look up the Reserve Force and Cadets Association. You will find links to your local read. Um, but also you can find it through the .gov site. So if you want more information, go there, have a look, then reach out to us and we will contact you and take you on your journey through the Armed Forces Covenant and onto the Employer Recognition Scheme, if that's right for you. Fantastic. Thank you. Tony, what would your advice be? Absolutely echo what Jan said. An important point is we're free as well. There's no charge for our services. We're a government department and I'm really happy to, to help uh, come out and see you as well and advise you on the um, best way forward, whether you'll be employing one or a thousand people. Well, thank you both. That's, that's really useful. I think that's really helpful information and hopefully we've given people listening some insight into the activities that we run at DRM and the services and support that our account managers can provide both on a national basis and also on that regional footprint as well. So thank you both for, um, for participating in that. And we'll make sure that the, the links are included in this podcast too, um, to ha how to get in touch with DRM and, and how, those, how those processes work as well. So thank you both and thank you to all that are listening. If you don't want to miss out on next month's episode, then hit the subscribe button. And if you have any questions for us or want to know more, you can contact us on Twitter at DRM underscore support. Thank you very much for listening. 